You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Good day, Bruce. Nice to see you. How are you? Healthy and alive. Yeah, same as usual. You know, I thought that yesterday we would do something that we don't normally do. I thought that we would put out our exclusive because it was a good conversation. I thought I would put it out for the normal platforms uh, because, well, we had Tavish on and it was really the only day he could have made it and he kind of caught us by surprise. And so his take and the conversation we had about what's going on in the Middle East, I mean, it kind of, you know, kind of deserved a, a wider audience than uh, than what we've got on uh, on the exclusive side of things. So I thought, why not? It's not something we'll do all the time, but um, occasionally when we have a good one, we'll put it out like that. A couple of choice words broke through, but hey, you know, heat of the moment, considering the uh, the gravity of the situation, if that's the worst that someone can say, well, uh, when you're saying that a politician has, yeah, when you're saying that a politician has um, stuff all over their face, well, they kind of do. And to be quite honest with you, I think that's being polite. So anyway, let me ask you something. What is your reasoning for constantly saying on this podcast, government's bad, okay? What's your reasoning for saying that? Well, let's see. Uh, In history, governments have been um, the cause of millions of dead. Um, Governments have been the cause of um, poor use of funds, loss of rights, enslavement, if you will. I mean, they, they just, and look at recent times, uh, you, you've got the the heavy taxation that we're dealing with, um, the loss of freedoms. Uh, I'm, that, that's just to name a few things on the surface that really bugs me about government. And uh-huh. another one that I I really love to point out to people: prove to me that you actually own your private property, the thing you, that you 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 have the deed to. Prove to me that you actually own it, and you're not renting it from the government. That's one of the reasons I dislike the government. Do you think the government should be able to? And I know we don't really disagree when it comes to the, you know, when you say the government's bad. Okay, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to tee this up because I have a big point that I want to prove here. Do you think that the government, being as the entity that they are, do you think that they should be there to offer services to their citizens when their services are required by the citizen? I mean, if it's within, like here in the U.S., if it's required of the state or or the government to do, then. Yeah. Like, for example, uh, defending the populace from outside threats or protecting our borders, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. Uh, If if the Constitution demands that you do it, you better well do it. Okay. All right. So, all right. Immigration. All right. So that's that's a good point right there. Okay. All right. I was thinking more along. That's that's a big issue. But I was thinking more along the lines of like, I don't know, for example, we're U.S. citizens, right? You would expect if we need some paperwork or something, actual like notarized and and stamped and mm-hmm. like paperwork you can only get done through the government because you need to take care of something in your personal life. So you need certain forms from the government in order to be able to do that. So you're well within your legal rights of everything and you make sure you have all your paperwork mm-hmm. done. So that's something that they're responsible for. Unfortunately, that's something that they're responsible for. Well, do you remember I I said 
when uh, the U.S. embassy was closing in Afghanistan, when it was closing in Kabul, I said, ever since Benghazi, because I got the same feeling from Afghanistan and Kabul is what I that embassy is what I got from Benghazi. This was just done on a much, much, much larger scale. But the thing that the thing that I noticed was that the citizens, our, our citizens, our assets on the ground were not being helped in Afghanistan. Not being helped. Benghazi, they just cut them off. Afghanistan, they cut them off. They're telling people to go to the airport, but yet don't go to the airport because there's a threat of danger. So shelter in place. You know, I heard this morning. Do you remember we played a couple of clips last week of Jack Posobiec? Mm -hmm. I was listening to an interview of him this morning. The State Department actually ordered, not recommended, ordered our personnel at the airport before they boarded the last flight to clean the bathrooms and leave fresh soap in there. See, I'm, I'm doing this to prove a point. We have ridiculous things like this being handed down from the top down. We're dictating from the top down on how to do things. And the incompetence level at the top is a million times more stupid than the most commonsensical person you have on the ground at hand. So people on the ground, the people that get that that message down on the ground, the assets on the ground, they can't make sense of the stupidity that's going on at the top. And therefore, nothing gets done. When I saw what happened in Benghazi all those years ago under Obama and Hillary Clinton, I knew right then and there that if anything were to ever happen to those of us that are outside of the United States, we're on our own. We are on our own. It's a sad fact of reality. I had to go to the U.S. consulate where I am. A couple of years ago, I had to renew my passport. Try renewing a passport outside the United States. That's fun. Today, I needed something else. I just needed some information. That's all I needed. I didn't need any kind of detail or anything like that. I just needed some general information. If I could have walked in there, then I could have asked somebody in about 10 minutes and I could have been out. Of course, that would imply that you would be able to get in to your embassy, right? Indeed. I found out today that that's not even possible. And I didn't even know that. I, as an American citizen, can't even go into my own embassy. And I'm not in Kabul. I'm in Europe. First of all, of course, I won't say what any of this stuff is because that's not really that's not really relevant. But the fact is, I needed to go to the embassy because I needed to ask some questions. So I thought, all right, I'll just call them on the phone. So I pick up the telephone. This is after I, w- I went to their website to get the number. I mean, I have it in, in like one of my old phones around here somewhere, but I'm not going to dig it out. So I go to their website first and I get all this crap on there about COVID-19. That's all that's on there is stuff about COVID-19. Don't travel to Germany because of COVID-19 and terrorism. OK, I know, I understand you idiots were saying that a year ago. I didn't think it was still up there. They are still closed because of COVID-19. The U.S. Embassy Consular Services outside of the United States for American citizens to access is closed due to COVID-19. So I pick up the phone. I thought, all right, I'll just call there. First mistake was going to the website. Second mistake I made was picking up the telephone. I picked up the telephone and I called. And of course, the usual government hotline, you get the response from an automated system, right? And as I'm sitting there talking to the automated system and I get the long list of why they're closed, the only thing they're actually doing is they are there for emergency passport services, nothing else. They will do absolutely nothing else. You've got 300 employee workstations in that embassy. What the hell are they all doing? I can get nothing accomplished. I can't even speak to anyone. And so I thought, okay, I'm not getting anywhere because obviously they're not going to patch me through. There's no one to talk to because they're closed from COVID-19. 
So I go to the U.S. State Department website, second, uh, what is this, third, fourth mistake, whatever in the hell, right? I, I, whatever. I went to the State Department website. That was an even bigger mistake. I went to their website and I was able to find kind of the information that I needed of what papers that I need, but I still needed to talk to someone. So I click on the contact us page, right? And it sends me over to another page. <laughs> I feel like I'm taking a number here at the DMV, which that's actually what you do if you go into a consulate around the world is it's exactly that only it's the DMV times. Oh, I don't know. 10,000. It's that it's that bad because you'll be in there for hours and hours and hours talking to five different people that don't have a clue. So I finally get another number and it says, if you're in the United States, call this number. If you're outside of the United States, call this number. OK, obviously, I'm outside of the United States. So I call the second number that they give me because I'm outside of the U.S. I call that number. I get an automated system again. Thank you for calling the United States Department of State. We're here to serve all American citizens, blah, blah, blah. You know, the usual whatever. My name is so-and-so, and it's obviously it's a recording. My name is so-and-so, and I'm here to serve you. I can understand and interpret full sentences. Just tell me what you need. And I said, I need to speak to a living representative. I said it in that tone, in that manner. So it's very clear, right? Because sometimes those systems get confused. Mm -hmm. And you hear the little clicking noises going through, you know, the system working and everything. It comes back and says, we have representatives available to help you. However, since you're wanting to speak to a representative, first, I need to get some information. Okay. So it asked me all the information and everything. And at the end, it says, you know, I tell it what I need and everything. And at the end, it says, you can get the information you need by visiting our website at www.blahblahblah.gov, which I was already at to get the number, but they didn't have the information that I needed. So I can send you that information in an email address that you provide or in a text message that you provide. Which would you prefer? And I just sat there. I didn't say anything. I'm in astonishment. I, I sat. This is after like five minutes. So I didn't say anything. And you get the I'm sorry. I didn't hear your answer. I can neither send this to you in a text message or in an email. I'm angry I, at this point. I, if it's oh, me, I, by am, the way. I am. I am livid. Yeah. Like I am livid. Yeah. And I, like I'm shaking my head. I, I got like my fingers on the bridge of my nose and, and everything. And I'm, I'm like, I'm just I'm seething. And I finally grabbed the phone and I said, I don't want a text message or an email. I want to speak to a living live representative. This gets even better. This is where you're going to, th this is going to be the part where you say that you would have already been mad. Okay. I was already oh, late yeah. at this point. Yes. The response I get from the automated system is, I understand you want to speak to a living representative. However, if you keep asking to speak to a live representative, I will have to disconnect the call. You, you couldn't make this up. I swear you could not. I could not believe what, like my jaw was hanging open at that point. You sit here and you talk about how you're there to serve American citizens. You people are trash. You are gar I, you know what? I can't even say that. I got to stop saying that because that's an insult to trash. It's an insult to garbage. They know they can get away with it, though. That That's just it. What are you going to do? What are you going to do as an American citizen? What are you going to if the government says, now nah, you, you don't need that information. We don't have to answer to you. What are you going to do? You know what? Seriously. You know what? I'm a I'm a very I'm a very informed person. I can pretty much take care of the things that I need to take care of. However, due to the legal framework of our system, you sometimes have to have a representative from whatever in the hell department, whether it's a local, state, federal, whatever. I don't care. County commissioner, something, a clerk, something. You need somebody somewhere in order to be able to get things accomplished for yourself so you can move on. I'm venting about this. 
And the worst part is I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at any of this. This is your government at work. This is what your tax money pays for. I told you the last time I was in, I talked about my last trip to the U.S. Embassy where I am. I'm sitting in there. I'm sitting in a, in like the big common room because they have like these big common rooms when you go into these embassies. I, I go into like this big common room. There's like 50 American citizens sitting there waiting in this giant common room. This is before COVID. So you could actually sit next to people. And there are people sitting at all of these workstations in these windows, staring at the computer screens with nothing on them. And I'm sitting there th- like, you've got all these people waiting, all, all of our citizens that are sitting here waiting. And you've got useless, useless Mountains of protoplasm sitting behind desks, doing nothing, looking at their watches like Biden standing there saluting Marines that he was responsible for getting killed. That kind of uselessness. To be fair, that individual sitting behind the computer screen may be competent. They may actually be uh, capable of doing something. The problem is, is the government's in the way, the protocols, the rules and regulations, and they're the problem. The government's always the problem in 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 these scenarios. If I were somebody in a position of some kind of authority, if I were the U.S. consulate general of that consulate, those people would be fired, fired. I'm not talking about we're going to reassign you somewhere. Uh Uh-uh, Jack, your ass is getting an empty box out of storage. You are cleaning your desk out. We are getting you on the first plane back today with a diplomatic pouch and you're going back to D.C. We don't need you here. And I would argue that it's probably the consulate general themselves that aren't actually doing anything. We still have embassies closed because of COVID-19. Are you people this stupid? Are you that inept? Fits our narrative. I, I, I know it fits a narrative, but we're too busy playing politics. Like we're worried about flying an LGBTQ flag out of Afghanistan before we get our people out. That's what we're worried about. We're worried about cleaning the restrooms of people that of, excuse me, of subhuman garbage that are beating women in the streets with sticks. They're flying around American Black Hawk helicopters today in Kabul today with their enemies literally hanging underneath of them as a show of domination to the public. And we're worried about some Bullshit COVID-19. Yes, I said it. That's what we're worried about. The European Union has said today, because they're just so much better, right? They've said today that they are ready to reinstate travel restrictions on Americans. They're still classifying Germany as a level, like a level two or three, according to the U.S. State Department. Like they're saying, don't travel to Germany because of COVID-19 and terrorism. You people are, are, are idiots. You're, you're idiots. You're, you're beyond idiocy. Idiots being very polite, but I have terms of service here that I have to abide by. And I will do that. I will color within the lines. Now we're going to shut down travel to the United States again, again, as if you thought it was going to open for good. I would venture to say that this is going to play into the hands of the booster. And that is coming. That is coming. Because what are they saying in Israel today? Israel is ahead of us just a little bit in terms of uh, getting this done. Of all people, of all people. The Israelis, are you serious? Of all people in this world, this is what you're doing. The Israelis have announced that as of September 1st, so that is two days from now. If you're listening to us today, then that will be tomorrow. They have announced, and I'm quoting here, Israel will no longer consider people who have received two Pfizer BioNTech vaccines, quote, vaccinated. You are no longer vaccinated if you have received two Pfizer shots. As of September 1st, only those that have been jabbed three times will be, quote, considered immune. They have said that your vaccine passport will expire 
if you have only been jabbed twice. Well, that didn't take long, did it? Have a look at this. Have a look at this footage. This is Israel. These are the people that are lined up. As you can see, it's all in Yiddish, right? So these are the people lined up to get the third one. They're doing a poor job at socially distancing. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of socially distancing going on there, is there? No, it's like some of them are wearing masks, some of them aren't. But you know what? A lot of these look like the uh, the usual trendies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the skinny jeans, the fun. Look at look at how many of them are on their phones. All of them. Yeah, most of the ones I'm seeing here that are standing in the line as well are are the least vulnerable to COVID-19. Yeah, these are all these are all young people. When I say young people, I'm talking uh, 20 to 49. That age range, they, they look like. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. First, they said last week, first, they said, well, it's it's just for the uh, the elderly and all that, just like they did the first time. Then they said, no, no, now it's going to be for everybody. Yeah. Um, told you so. We said uh, they're, they're, they're going to push it and it's going to be for boosters. Um, I mean, uh, I don't know what else to, to tell you in that sense uh, as a listener. It's like they're going to keep going. This is going to go in every like this is going to be a trend in every other country. I mean, every country that has a vaccine mandate or, or something of that nature is going to go down this road as well. It's a little slow on the uptake of the vaccine passports, though. Uh, I believe Europe is on a uh, trend to have it and the U.S. We're slowly implementing it in places like California and New York. There's other locations that are looking at doing it. But when we have the winter spike uh, for influenza in general, I, I'm betting that they're probably going to push it in other states as well. Um, so, yeah, the, no surprise. Uh, with, with looking at how how many Israelis took the vaccine, it's no surprise that there's that many out there going in, uh, going to get the third jab. I'm baffled at the same time that they're not taking the time to look at like the 15 papers that came out that I know of, at least so far, that um, prove that vaccines are less effective than actually getting infected with COVID-19. That's not to say go out and get infected by COVID-19, but those of us that have already been infected by COVID-19, there's no reason for us to vaccinate. We have a better immunity versus COVID-19 and all the variants than the vaccine itself. But then they say the argument is now becoming, well, um, yeah, but uh, OK, so you don't have to get the vaccine, but you have to show a proof of uh, recovery. Well, how are you going to do that when the system wasn't even put in place by the time everybody got it? How are you going to do that and say, OK, well, I had it and I recovered. How's the doctor going to verify that? And on top of that, how are you going to implement that into your vaccine, quote, vaccine passport system, which is not even that's not what it's for. It's for something else. That's your social credit passes. All that is. They're just tying health into it. But how is that natural immunity? How long is that going to last? Because there is no reinfection. Understand that there's no reinfection. When I say there's no reinfection, that's not entirely true. OK, let me let me correct myself before I get too far down that hole. There is reinfection, but it is so minuscule. When I say minuscule, I'm talking less than a handful of cases worldwide of reinfection. And a couple of those were deliberate on purpose for scientific research. Dr. Mike Yaden yeah, of Pfizer said specifically, if you come in contact with a SARS virus of any kind, of any kind, if you come in contact with a SARS virus, you have natural immunity minimum of 20 years, if not the rest of your life. If you're young and healthy, you've got this thing whipped for the rest of your life. There's no point. There's no point to go out and get a vaccine. This is the exact topic that he was raising when he said, you don't need a vaccine for this. They're trying to vaccinate against something you don't need a vaccine for. We have people that survived the Spanish flu, had gotten Spanish flu back when it first came out 
uh, in the early 1900s. They're like 90, 100 years old now, and they had they still had antibodies. It so it's lifelong in their case. They got it when they were young, and they still have antibodies. So uh, this is this is no different. This is a coronavirus, just the same as the Spanish flu. It's very similar. Uh, obviously, the spike proteins are different, and they're engineered, but they, you know, on Monday still works. Yeah, on Monday, EU diplomats, that would be today, uh, spoke with the Associated Press <laughs> on the condition of anonymity. Oh, wh why? You're an EU diplomat. Why, why are you speaking? You have diplomatic immunity. You're speaking on a, on a condition of, uh, of anonymity. What are you afraid of? They're saying that the recommendation could come as soon as this week to restrict Americans from entering Europe. This would reverse the EU recommendation made in June to lift restrictions on U.S. travelers to EU countries ahead of the tourism season. Oh, yeah, see, the tourism's over. That's over. So uh, now we're going to have to put that back in place. The European Union is planning to recommend that member states reinstate restrictions on tourists from the U.S. because of rising COVID-19 levels in the country, uh, according to EU diplomats, of course, who remained uh, anonymous. They can't be known as to who they are. Uh, the move would be a significant reversal of gu the guidance from June. Uh, any recommendation by the EU to reinstate travel restrictions would be non-binding on member nations. Oh, yeah, see, we're not going... It's just, they're doing the same thing to businesses. We're not going to make you do it, but it's in your best interest to do it. As the EU has no uniform COVID-19 travel policy, and each government has the authority to decide whether they will act on the recommendation or not. Gee, I wonder what they will do. There's something interesting that you pointed out there specifically. The tourist season is over. This is all political posturing. This is uh -huh. just this is just for show. It has no real teeth to it. If they if this were a big deal, they would have canceled or shut down travel uh, during tourist season when it's the most dangerous that it's going to get spread by you know Americans or other countries. It is, but see, in the meantime, in the meantime. I bet I know why they're speaking on conditions of anonymity. I have a pretty good indication as to why that might be. Well, let's just have a look. Now, see, I and this is where I I really wish that we would do video from time to time. Uh, but I'll just I'll just play some of this. This is France. Uh, just uh, just yesterday, Bruce, as you can see, uh, just a couple of people. That, this is first thing in the morning. This is like nine o'clock, right? The French didn't even bother to go out and get drunk the night before, so they're already out there. They're ready, or maybe they did. Hell, I don't know. Uh, they drink a lot of wine over there. There's just a couple of people there, right? Getting warmed up for the morning. Yeah. J just a couple. Yeah. That goes on for like a couple of minutes there uh, as to all the crowds moving through. And then, of course, you can get into, well, this is this is Berlin yesterday. Uh, just a couple of people. There. Now, protesting against COVID-19 in Berlin is illegal. It's illegal. You look at all those lawbreakers. There's just a couple lawbreakers in there. Just a couple. Can't arrest all of them. No, you can't arrest all of them. See, that right there... And there's nothing in the news about this. Nothing. And those are getting larger. Look how much larger. I know we keep saying that, but that's a fact. We keep keying on that because that is a fact. That is monumental compared to what was up there a couple of weeks ago in Berlin. That's amazing. And again, that's just one side street. They broke through that line of uh, police there later on. Uh, but that's, um, yeah, that's, yeah, they started mixing it up with cops. But that line broke through. They finally just said, all right, the hell with you. Get out of the way. And uh, they just, as you can see, they just mowed right over top of them and started running through, headed for the uh, the government building. See, this is why these uh, so-called uh, European diplomats, I call them uh, unelected scum, because uh, that's what they are. They're cowards, uh, all of them. They're, they're all cowards. Where is Angela Merkel? Where is Emmanuel Macron? Where's Boris Johnson? Where, where's uh, Nicola Sturgeon today, the, the uh, Scottish Nationalist Party leader from, uh, fr from Scotland? Where is she? They're all 
quote, self-isolating. They're all in hiding. None of them are speaking because none of them have anything to say. They can't defend what they're doing. Their governments can't defend what they're doing. This is Paris yesterday. Does that look like a couple of people? They're all chanting the same thing, by the way. They're all chanting freedom. All of them. Bruce, you know what the French did? I, I love the French and how they do things sometimes. I know we rag on them a lot. I know we have French, uh, a lot of French listeners. Merci beaucoup. But you know what the French did? You know how they're doing the COVID passports for the restaurants in France? Mm -hmm. The restaurants are empty, right? Because no, no one's actually going. There's a couple of people going in there, sure. But no one wants to get hassled. No one wants to go through that. So what did the French do? They all got together. All the, you know, the usual, like the protesting types. They all got together. They all packed up. Like they took all their families and they all packed up picnics. And they sat out in front of the restaurants and had picnics all up and down the streets <laughs> and ate their dinner That's that great. brought with them. Isn't that amazing? Uh -huh. isn't, yeah. isn't that awesome? I, I love like how they I love how they do that stuff sometimes. I mean, they're very creative. Uh, now, here's something very interesting. This is out of France again. Uh, yes, yeah, so you see all the yellow vests there, right? Have a look at that yellow sign right there. You see that? People understand no pass, meaning no vaccine passport, no credit social no social credit. You see, people get it. They get it. The people that are out there in the streets, they get it. Where's the calls of super spreader events? Where's the calls of, oh, you're going to kill tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of people when you have those protests? Where are the calls for that from the mainstream media? You don't hear them. Why? Because those numbers in the streets of Europe are 10 times, a thousand times, a million times bigger than any army they can pay to be out there in the streets like Antifa. Antifa can't put those kinds of numbers in the streets. They can't do it. You can't get more than 50 to 100 uh, Extinction Rebellion people who haven't showered in six months to stand down there in front of a building somewhere and, and spray paint it and glue themselves to a, uh, to a traffic light somewhere. That's the best they can do. So they ignore it. London yesterday. Do you see any Extinction Rebellion protests that size, Bruce? Do you? Uh, no, no, not that size. That's no. that's a good uh, three, four blocks there. You can see the intersection that you can way see way down there and barely make out. Yeah, that you can see. Yeah. And they're crammed, packed in. There. They are packed to the rafters. They are packed to the rafters in London. You see, the armies are marching to their doorstep. The army of we the people are at their doorstep. The wolves are at that door. And so, of course, they have to speak under conditions of anonymity when they're going to take more of your freedom. They can't be out there spreading their name around because then people are going to know what houses to go to. And no amount of police that you stick out there to beat on protesters against your criminal, illegal, treasonous rule will stop them from coming in your doors. More in Berlin. Does that look like just a couple of people? Now, mind you, these are all lawbreakers because protesting in Berlin is illegal. Now, all these videos that we're talking about here, these are all up on our Telegram page. We do post them as best we can. Uh, there's a few of us in there doing it, but uh, we do post these as best we can. If you would like to see some of these videos and you're not getting access to these because obviously uh, Facebook's taking them down, Instagram, they're not allowed there. Twitter, they're, they're not allowed there. So you'd have to go to places like our Telegram page. We're not the only ones. You'd have to go to our places like our page and, and get them uh, in order to see that. This is out of Bloomberg. Previous COVID prevents Delta infection better than the Pfizer shot. <laughs> really? Bruce, it's almost like they were reading your mind uh, when that yeah. when, when that was. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like they were reading those 15 different papers that are out there. Research that was showing exactly that. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Now. I know that we're sitting here, we're talking about the protests in Europe, but this was in New York over the weekend because they've got vaccine passports in New York, too. You see, people in middle 
America, right? Midwest America, our part of the country, they're not too concerned right now about vaccine passports because they're not being hit with them yet. They're coming. Oh, they're coming. The response I get from people is, oh, uh, I'm glad I don't live in New York or California. They're coming to a state near you. I assure you. I assure you. Uh, assuming you keep your state um, under control, you won't see these things, but it's going to take effort by we the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce, this is again, this is Berlin. Uh, do you see some LGBTQ uh, flags and, and symbols yeah. and, and things in there? I uh, see that's that's a no, no for the establishment. They don't like that. They don't like that. As a matter of fact, some of the biggest groups that they're actually getting participation from this is what really scares the establishment. One of the biggest groups they're actually getting participation from in a lot of these protest movements across Europe are people that have been vaccinated already. Well, gee, I wonder why would they be in there? Why are they in there? Why, why are they joining the protest? Why, why is that seem, seeming to be the largest participation group? Why? Because they got lied to. Everybody was lied to. You told the people that went out and got jabbed, oh, if you go out and you get this, well, then everything will go back to normal. It didn't, did it? Now they're going to tell you to take a third one, then a fourth one, then a fifth one, then a sixth one, seventh. Hell, all the way up to eight that we know of that we can confirm right now. The EU COVID passport has slots in there for eight doses. Now, it wasn't just France and Germany and the UK. The Greeks got in on the action over the weekend. This is yesterday in Athens. Just a few people there. Again, just a few people there protesting COVID. Just a few. Again, a few city blocks there uh, of people smashed together. It's a lot of people. Yeah. I heard uh, I heard reports that they were doing that. So you get the idea of what's happening in Europe. Again, this isn't being reported anywhere. No one's talking about it. You would think if you've got a few million pissed off people in your country standing at the feet of your institutions, you might want to go out and see what they have to say. I haven't seen a single politician, a single one, a single head of state that is following along with this, I haven't seen a single one of them come out and publicly address the nation and find out what their problem is. The closest thing we got to that was the uh, the governor, whatever that idiot is down there in New South Wales in Australia. And he says, personally, I don't know what any of them are out there protesting about. And the media woman piped up and she says, uh, you. And he says, well, good on them, except it's illegal. Uh, we don't care. <laughs> you you think you think your dumb ass is just going to ram through some unconstitutional illegal edict that says, oh, it's illegal for you to protest me. Son, that is clause for us to throw your sorry ass out with the trash on the street. That's where you belong. You just don't get it. Worse yet, maybe you do. I think they do. They I, have I'm to. not. So no one's that stupid. Inclined. I mean, I know politicians no. are really thick headed, but but th nobody is that stupid. Nobody. When you look at the. Uh, I'm going to use the U.S. as the example because I'm not really familiar with other countries. I know it's not worded the same way, but um, you look at the U.S. and our First Amendment, the right to protest is in there. You can't pass an edict that says you can't protest. I'm sorry. Let me reference you back to the very first amendment that says you have the freedom of speech, religion, freedom of the press. And what's that? Oh, that's right. Freedom of protest. Hmm. And I love how they come out and they try and say, well, uh, you, you can't protest here. You've got to protest in this free speech zone a mile down the road where no one can see you. That's where you have to uh -huh. go in a parking lot somewhere that they have cordoned off where there's not going to be anybody. That's where you can protest. Uh, no, you don't need a permit to protest in America. You have the right to peaceful assembly. If you want, and this that's why when those people stormed the Michigan Capitol against Whitmer last year, you know, all of those domestic terrorists with guns. Yeah, all those people, the ones that the police were shaking hands with. Yeah, those people. 
The ones that the cops said, yeah, hey, we agree with you. We're with you. That one. They didn't need permission to go into the house of the people, you son of a bitch. We own that. We, the people, own those buildings that you are in. Or have you forgotten that? Our taxes no, they, that they you know. are choking off. Oh, that Yeah, they understand it. Our taxes that you dumbasses are choking off. We pay for you. We pay your salaries. We pay for your lavish lifestyles. All that's coming to an end. Do you understand? All of that is coming to a very, very short end. And not just, I'm not just saying that from a point, uh, from a legal standpoint. I'm not, I'm not just saying that because I'm looking at it in a sense of justice, okay? And I mean legal justice. That's what I want. I want justice to return to the West. I want these people dragged out of these buildings in handcuffs by the authorities. That's what I want. I don't want the authorities out there thumping on we the people. That's not their job. You people are on the wrong side of history. You're in the way. You're arresting down. You need to be arresting up. I say that these people are going to lose their lavish lifestyles. All oh, they are. One way or the other, they're going to lose them. Rather, it's through the return of a righteous arm of the justice system or if it goes the other way. And when I say the other way, I'm talking about if this whole whatever it is they're trying to cook up with this this bank and the banking establishment and this uh, Gates Foundation, all the rest of it. You people don't have a seat at that table. How naive are you? you? You don't have a seat at that table. You don't make it in that. You're the first to go. Why? You sold out your own. How long do you think the newly formed establishment is going to let you hang around? You're on the wrong side of history. You had an opportunity. As I said over 18 months ago, you have an opportunity to do the right thing. You have an opportunity to be on the right side of history. You have an opportunity to be on the side of we the people. You chose. And that window of opportunity is now closed. Your fate is now sealed one way or the other. Now, I don't know how bad it is. I really don't know. I don't know how bad it is. I was telling somebody over the weekend, what I want to know is how bad is it? How bad is it? If you're, if you're one of these politicians that are making these whatever this is and you're, and you're going along with this stuff, how bad is it? How much are you in hawk to these people? And, and I'm being serious. Have they threatened you? Have they threatened you to, to kill your entire family? Because I would say that that's probably it. That's, that's the only thing it could be. I've heard that on several occasions from different people, that the politicians are just scared. And I would expect nothing less. They're gutless cowards anyway. But that's not to say that all of them are like that, because you have those in there that are willing to stand up. And there are some. There are politicians in Australia that are standing up. Of course, they're in the minority, but we play them. We play clips of them when we have them. We've played them here before. Politicians talking about ivermectin. Politicians talking about uh, these ruling whatever the, these the Morrison government down there, the, the ruling party. They're on the wrong side of history. The police going along with this. You're on the wrong side of history. You don't make it. it and all, that goes for all the police out there. You're not excluded from this. You are not excluded from this one way or the other. Justice will be served on you, too. And I mean, from the establishment, let's say the establishment takes over. Let's look at worst case scenario here. The establishment takes over. What do you think happens to the police? The Bolsheviks, let me, let me just, let me paint a picture here for you. The Bolsheviks, when they took over in Russia, oh yes, they had the police on their side. Oh, they used the police to enforce their stuff, just like the Nazis used the police to enforce their stuff too. But sooner or later, they get replaced. And what do you think happens to the people that enforce their rule the first time? They replace you with something worse. That organization phases you out. Case in point, look at the brown shirts, the SA. They were the hit squad. They were the street thugs. They were the ones, when there was no law and order in Germany, they were the ones that were going out there thumping on people in the streets, beating up people in the streets. You salute when we come down the street. You get your business smashed out. That kind of thug. They were the enforcers, right? 
because let's be honest, you really didn't have much of a in the way of a police force during the rise of the Nazis. You had a pretty much a, a lawless society that was spinning out of control on the verge of collapse and civil war. But once something was built in the architecture of the new power structure, once that was established, the SS, the enforcers of old, outlived their usefulness. The ones that protected the established order, they didn't make it. As a matter of fact, you can read about it. Look up Night of the Long Knives. All of them were murdered in cold blood in one night. I don't care what a system says that they're going to do. And quite frankly, I, I really don't care what's going through a cop's head. I would rather, and believe me, believe me, I, I've been out there. I, I've worked with cops in the past. I, I've been out there on the streets with them. I've worked cases with them. I would rather resign than stand out there. You people that are standing out there in the streets as pawns in this game, you are a disgrace. You're a disgrace. I'm ashamed of you. What did my grandfather fight in the Second World War for? For this? For, for you to stand out there and beat on people that just want their lives back? Is that what he did it for? I have a member of my family that went ashore in a foreign country during a major conflict. He was part of a squad of 15 people. 15 men. Kids. Kids. They just finished high school. Some of them didn't. 15 of them went ashore to carry out a specific mission in Japan. Three of them made it back. One of them was my grandfather. If it was not for the sacrifice of the other 12, I would not be sitting here. I don't know who those 12 men are, and I will never know. But I know that they died so that my grandfather and two of his squad members could make it back to their ship. And I got to sit here and I got to look at you scum police officers out there in the streets treating people the way you do. For that, you represent trash in these offices. You're on the wrong side, ladies and gentlemen. You're in the way. You're in the way of justice. You're supposed to represent justice. You're supposed to be on our side. It's the same thing with the media. You're supposed to be on our side. You're not. All of these losers, and that's what they are, all of these losers that are in these organizations like at the World Economic Forum. Oh, it's not just Schwab, right? Just take your focus off Schwab. It's not him. All these people and all these entities, what did the sacrifices of previous generations represent? We're supposed to be getting away from scum like this. We're not supposed to be going under their thumb. Our forefathers fought and died in wars to stop this. Pavel Dorov, the Telegram founder, he doesn't speak much, man, a few words, but he made a statement. And I usually like to read those on here. Made a statement this morning. And he says, we generally assume that the world is becoming a better place every year. But when it comes to individual freedoms, the opposite is true. Most studies show humanity is now less free than several years ago. 20 years ago, we had decentralized internet and a relatively unrestricted banking system. Today, Apple and Google censor information and apps on our phones, while Visa and MasterCard limit what goods and services we can pay for. Every year, we give up more power and control over our lives to a handful of unaccountable corporate executives we didn't elect. Hence the people I'm talking about. Most of us willingly carry tracking devices, our phones, and allow corporations to use our private data to target us with content that keeps us distracted with low-quality entertainment. What did I say? Everybody's too fat and happy. They're worried about their barbecue and their Netflix and their NASCAR and their baseball and their American football and all the rest of it. That's low quality content. We've been distracted and silenced with gizmos and toys and trash on television. You can be interested in all of those things. You can take your time and enjoy them. But 
you have to you have to keep what's important first. You know, we we, we kind of have this general rule. Um, you know, real life first, right? Same thing here. Uh, you you have to you have to stay educated. You have to stay in touch with what's going on in politics, what your politician is doing at the local level, at the state level, uh, and then you can enjoy you know your sports, your uh, movies, whatever it is you 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 like. I agree. It is nice to do those things, but now's not the time. I don't mind a good movie. I don't mind a good football game. Hell, I was a Yankees fan for for twenty years, but I don't care right now. We're losing our freedoms every day, literally every day. I don't care who hits a home run. I don't care if my team won eight to four. I don't care who they're going to play in the playoffs. It doesn't matter. Duroff continues, unlike 20 years ago, we are now surrounded by surveillance cameras, which in countries like China use AI to make sure nobody can hide. In 2017, China overtook the U.S. as the largest economy in the world by purchasing power, showing the world that individual freedoms are not required for economic development. Oh, yes. If you can just steal everything and you can be a transnational criminal organization, well, then what do you need personal freedoms for? Looking at China's success, more countries become authoritarian, curbing essential human rights such as freedom of speech, movement and assembly. However, this is me saying this. I'm looking at the way that China's doing things, that's not what we're doing here. We're closing our businesses. We're not growing them. We're becoming authoritarian, but we're becoming authoritarian in the opposite direction. We're rocketing to Marxism. I mean, when I say hell in a handbasket, we're going to hell in a handbasket. That doesn't even do it justice. Yeah, but what we're doing fits in with the the Schwab uh, idea that the developed world is essentially going to stall and stagnate while yeah, the developing will be unrestricted. Yeah, but they're not they're not builders. Like Schwab and, and these guys, they're not builders. They're thieves. That's all they are. They can't build. Schwab's never built anything. He's never actually done anything. We've been looking into his past. The guy's never actually done anything. He's written a couple of papers and he's written a couple of books. He deals in theories. He's an academic. That's all he is. When he sits up there, excuse me, down there in his lair or whatever it is that he sits in. When he sits down there and he says, uh, we in the business world, sir, you're not in the business world. You have come in with a cabal of people using private money and you have turned yourself into an administrator of nothing. You're just asserting a point of view that happens to coincide with a bunch of banks and foundations that want to take over things. You are a front man for them. That's all that is. That's all that is. He's not a shot caller. He's a loser. He's a thief. That's all he is. Never forget that. Never doubt that. So Dorov asked the question, who's going to fix it? He says the most active and creative minds of our generation are too busy playing in the rapidly shrinking sandbox called free enterprise or producing a digital content to keep everybody else glued to their devices for longer. I must I must take an insult to that. <laughs> if you think about it, right? I mean, that's what we do. That's what, we're, make that's what we do. Content. Yeah. Yeah. He says the rest seem to be too distracted with the abundance of cheap digital entertainment to critically assess the trend and take action. I agree. Everyone's too focused on stuff like Netflix. Everyone's too focused on, is my team going to win today? Watching this, I wonder what will become the legacy of our generation. Will we go down in history as those who let free societies turn into dystopian nightmares? Or will we be remembered as those who defended the freedoms that previous generations fought so hard to win? When I read that today, that's what made me tell that story about why I'm able to sit here and do this today. 
because that last line right there. Or will we be remembered as those who defended the freedoms that previous generations fought so hard to win? We've been living off of the freedom of the Second World War. That gas tank of freedom is empty. We're at the end. The system that we knew can no longer continue. We have to say goodbye to a dying culture. It must happen. When I say we have to say goodbye, I'm talking about the, the stuff like he's talk, like Duroff's talking about. The cheap entertainment. Everything that they have used to distract people and get your focus off of what the problem is in order for you to live a happy, productive, free life. We have to say goodbye to that stuff. You've got to say goodbye to Netflix. You've got to say goodbye to whatever it is that the old pop culture world had to offer. It's fake. It doesn't exist. I love people that that tell me, oh, did you hear this quote from this person in this movie? And I just look at them with this dumbfounded look on my face and I say, do you understand that that is a quote that was said by someone that never existed? They don't get it. Imagine taking inspiration from that. You're taking it now. If it's a true story, that's something else, right? If it's if it's based on a true story or something, all right, I get it. And you're using actual lines from from that era. Okay, fine. But I'm talking about something that's a fantasy. Think of the Hunger Games, for example, right? The Hunger Games. If you want to know what the UN and and the the World Economic Forum and the Rockefeller Foundation and the Gates Foundation, if you want to know what they want for the world by 2050, look at the Hunger Games. That's what they want. That's the world they want by 2050. That right there. Art imitates life. Do you think that that woman just thought that kind of stuff up? I, I'm I'm a little bit more not as harsh when it comes to people's movie interests or whatnot. Like if you get inspiration from it and want to stand on it, just as long as you understand it's, as you said, it's fantasy. But if it drives you to move forward, well, I mean, there's at very least stand. Yeah, there's very few and and far between when it comes to like you know Hollywood celebrities and things. There's a couple of people that actually have their heads screwed on straight. And when I say a couple, I literally mean a couple. Uh, James Woods, that guy's hilarious. Um, John Voight, I, I'm sure you know who John Voight is. Uh, he's 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 on point. Uh, what the hell is that other guy's name? I don't know who any of those are. Yeah, okay. I mean, some of the names are familiar, but yeah, they're, I don't they're know. conservative type. Fred Thompson, Fred, Fred Thompson. Sorry, Fred Thompson. Fred Thompson was um, Fred Dalton Thompson. He was a uh, he was an actor. He played on uh, Law and Order. I'm sure you've heard of Law and Order, the TV show. He played sure. on Law and Order. Sure. At the same time, he played on Law and Order. He was also a sitting senator and a very conservative one at that. So there are some people that were in Hollywood, and he's still a contributor, I think, from time to time. They'll call him in on like Fox or something like that to to give his take on something. I don't know, but. Few and far between when it comes to actors. Denzel Washington is another guy that is on point when it comes to to politics, though he doesn't talk politics. And I think that's a smart sign of a lot of actors, the ones that don't talk politics, that right there. Don't get involved. It stood out to me when Denzel Washington said the following, because they tried to loop him into, or they tried to rope a dope him into that, um, what's it called? Uh, like the... Um, fake news and, and misinformation and, and race relations and all, all that stuff, right? The woke talking points. They tried to, to loop him into that. And they asked him once that one of these ET reporters or whatever, walk, Entertainment Tonight reporters, whatever the you know mainstream paparazzi or whatever, they walked up to him on a red carpet and says, what do you think about all the misinformation that's out there in the world today? And he says, if you don't read the newspaper, then you're not informed. But if you do read the newspaper, then you are misinformed. And she stopped for a second. She says, what does that mean? And he says, you figure it out. And then he walked away. 
That's the right answer. That's the right answer. That's an intelligent guy right there. Somebody that comes up with that. I, I guess to in your talking, I, I was able to process what I meant a little bit more or like how to word it better. Uh, a, a better way of saying it is no matter where the truth comes from, whoever says it, whether it was a fic fictitious character or it was a real character, truth is still truth. If what they said in the movie is true, it's still true, even if it was, you know, uh, a fake character. So that that is more my point. It, truth is truth, uh, no matter where it comes from. And if you take inspiration from truth, I won't fault you for taking it. You know, fair point. But as long as you understand, it's it's what you're. It's the truth that you're looking to, not the person. You know, not the fictitious character. Fair point. Fair point. That that is a fair point. Because I, I guess I made reference to the Hunger Games. Well, they actually mount a resistance against the tyrannical rule of the state in the end of that series, don't they? Okay, so I, if you want to take inspiration from that, go ahead, <laughs> please. I, I beg you, please take it. Take inspiration from that because, well, um, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. And you notice, and it's only getting worse. Yeah, but you notice the parallels. Like we we see the the out of control spiraling, the death spiral of the establishment, right? They're always doubling down and all that stuff, right? We we see that. So that's happening. But at the same time, what's happening on the other side? What's what's running on the parallel track to that? The protests, the movements in the streets that they're ignoring. They're ignoring that. They're doing everything they're going to do over here. They're they're doubling down and quadrupling down and everything else, but over here that number is getting larger. So they know that the resistance is actually building and it's building by the week and they don't like it. You've got it's almost funny, really, if you think about it. You've got an establishment here that's in a panic and they're in a panic because what's happening right now is that we're going to get to a point where there's going to be a critical mass. We're going to hit critical mass and then that system's going to topple. So it will happen. I don't care how many cops you got out there in the streets. Uh, it will happen. With the amounts that you've got out there in the streets that, that Bruce and I are sitting here looking at, there's no way you're going to be able to stop that forever. You cannot put a lid on that forever. You don't have enough prisons. Even if you were to just go by the numbers that are out there, you don't have enough prisons to put all of us in. I assure you, you don't. You don't. So that's going to come to an end. But now the question, I think the panic you have now within the establishment is how much longer are those cops that they have out there? How much longer are those cops going to be able to hold those people back? Because you see them breaking lines already. They're breaking them in Australia. They're breaking them in Australia, for God's sake. They're breaking them in Berlin. The Berliners are told, don't protest. It's illegal. They don't care. They're out there breaking police lines. You saw them breaking through, rushing to the buildings. It's only a matter of time. They're out of time. They're scrambling. The World Health Organization put out, a, and it's hitting, the, it's hitting the mainstream press now, World Health Organization put out a, uh, a form today, a paper today, uh, on uh, <clears throat> digital documentation of COVID-19 vaccination certificates. Well, gee, I, they put that out three days ago. Gee, I, I wonder, what, they just come up with this? I wonder how they came up with, with such a, a novel idea. But of course, it says in here that um, they're going to come up with the, the final product will be a digital documentation of COVID-19 certificates and vaccination status. Uh, however, um, they also say that um, in here, and I'm, I'm quoting specifically from the executive summary, this is from the World Health Organization. This is up on our Telegram page, and it's now circulating through the mainstream media, or well, some mainstream media. A digital vaccination certificate that documents a person's current vaccination status to protect against COVID-19 can then be used for continuity of care or as proof of vaccination for purposes other than health care. Now, you might ask, did the United Nations come up with this? Well, I mean, what did I say about the United Nations? They were established by what? A banking family, weren't they? Rockefeller gave them the land to build the building on. 
Do you think he might have had an interest in what they were doing? The man wrote in his memoirs, if I'm accused of trying to overthrow these national governments and, and wanting a world government and a new world order, well, then I stand here a guilty man. He said that in his memoirs. Rockefeller, David Rockefeller, in here, in this form, in this COVID uh, digital passport. See, you're going to get this everywhere. So I don't care what part of the country you think you're in over there that's got some governor that's signed some whatever that says you're not going to get these. Oh, you're going to get them. You're going to get them whether you like them or not. And they will not stop. You will not get rid of them until you make them take them away. It says here specifically, and I'm quoting from the executive summary itself, this work was funded by, pay attention, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the government of Estonia, well, that's easy enough, right? Well, you can just, you know, what, who the hell's Estonia, right? You funnel some money through there. They're pretty corrupt. Why not? Foundation Botnar, the state of Kuwait. Well, Kuwait's an oil cash cow. Why not? They got plenty of golden assets over there. And I'm sure, again, I'm sure this last one here, I'm sure it's got, I'm sure it's just coincidence. Uh, and the Rockefeller Foundation. Well, that's a, that's an all-star lineup you got there. Are, are you sure that they don't have anything to do with this? This work was funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation. Are you sure that they don't have anything to do with this? Well, I, I guess not, because the next line here says, the views of the funding bodies have not influenced the content of this document. Well, I guess everything's okay then. You see why they put that little disclaimer in there? Do you remember where we were, when we were talking about eco-science? We were talking about the real target. Yeah. Population, resources, and environment. They say who they are and what they want to do. But then the next line or a line after that, or after that, they cover their own asses. Let me explain. They put out this paper. They don't put their names on it at the top. They put their names in there for the funding. They put the World Health Organization up there. Why? Because they will scapegoat the WHO and the United Nations as a whole when justice befalls upon them. Oh, well, we didn't do it. These organizations put out those papers. We didn't do it. Oh, yes, you damn well did. We went over something with the World Economic Forum. We were talking about the uh, the COVID passports with the World Economic Forum. See, they tried to float it there and they got caught. The woman said, oh, I'd like to take credit for this, but <laughs> it's not my paper. It's the it's a paper from the Rockefeller Foundation. Oh, I see. Now we're getting somewhere. You see, here's the problem. Here's the problem. See, Durov was right about where we're going to go on the other side of this. Who's going to fix this? Well, there's one thing that the elites were not counting on, and that is, see, that you notice why they've been censoring social media? They've been shutting everything down, all opposing viewpoints and everything. They've been closing all that stuff down. There is one thing that we have now that we did not have in years prior, and that is the flow of information. We know who these people are. And I'm not talking about the politicians. Hell, I'm not even talking about the United Nations. We know who the people behind that curtain are. We know who the families are. We know who the names are. We know who the banks are. In years past, people didn't know. Zbigniew Brzezinski, again, he was correct. He says, for the first time in human history, mankind is politically awake. And they're not staring at the politicians. They're staring at the elite. We know this time what the problem is. Prince Charles was correct when he said, we must pull all levers at our disposal because we will not get another chance at this. This is it for them. The final revolution of good versus evil. This is it. This is their Hail Mary. All right, we're out of time. As a matter of fact, we actually ran over. So we are going to have to go. So for those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram page, get over there and get signed up to us. We do put out all of our podcasts we do here every day. We also put out an exclusive podcast once a week for our Telegram subscribers. However, this week, you got a treat. 
as if I'm like doling out free money from the government or something. Uh, you got a you got a special uh, you got a special treat by getting our exclusive on all platforms this week. So from time to time we have good conversations there. We do do that. So uh, yeah, get over there and get signed up to us. You also get access to our news feed. You get to see all the protests that are happening across Europe. You can also get uh, breaking news articles. You get to see shots of this. Um, this paper that is out by the WHO today, which I think Mike put that up there today. Uh, thank you, Mike. We appreciate that. So yeah, get over there and get signed up to us. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that'll do it for today. Thanks for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a fantastic evening.